This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. On today's show, Craig Lowe will join us from the Greater Jackson Darts Association to talk about dart competitions in Mississippi. Drone racing is increasing in popularity. John David Thomas from Central Mississippi Drone Racers will talk about the hobby that's become a sport. But first, we've invited onto the show Aaron Southard, one of the organizers of the Vicksburg Dodgeball Association. Thanks for being with us this morning, Aaron. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. We appreciate your time again this morning. How did the Vicksburg Dodgeball Association get started? Well, it just it was one of those a bunch of people sitting around in the living room. What can we do? We <laughs> want to do something else other than you know, when you were younger, you hung out with friends in college. When you got out of college, you started hanging out with friends and when you get married and have kids, it's kind of different to you know, the whole dynamics of life change. And mm-hmm. So we wanted to find something that could bring people in the younger generation that's kind of that in-between college and 20s to the 40s and 50s, bring them together and have something to do and maybe even get a little exercise in there, too. Who are your typical dodgeball players? Um, it, it's been people that work, you know, here in Vicksburg. We have a huge government um, Army presence with the Corps of Engineers yeah. and um, the Research Development Center. And so we've got a lot of people that um, have moved to Vicksburg to work in one of those locations. Um, it's people from the local church, but it's mostly people from outside of the church in the community that have um, just decided, hey, we want to do something different. And we all remember dodgeballs. kind of, I know when I was in school in elementary, it wasn't necessarily my favorite thing sport personally but you know it was fun it was one of those things during PE you looked forward to you know you kind of figured your strategy from the last game and what you were going to do different and um, it's very much the same still today with adults all right so it may have been a while since our listeners played dodgeball last so (laughs) remind us of the play of the game and a little bit how it all goes and how you set it up and everything like that well um the the original when we were in school you had you know a group in the middle of the square and people around and you threw the balls and you tried to get the people in the middle out (laughs) Um, it is a little different we have two teams that will be across from each other the court if you imagine a basketball court you've got the center line and then the boundary line so you you have each team on either side of the line Um, and so the balls are start there at the center line and at the opening rush as we call it each team goes to the right of the line and grabs the balls, which you know, I remember we used to use those hard plastic uh, PE balls, but we um, have an actual, they are dodgeball rated foam balls, so they don't cause quite as much damage, but they still give enough of a sting <laughs> when you get hit with it. Right. Um, and then the point of the game is just to get all the team members from the opposing team out, and then you win. All right, so just okay, so how how much of the stigma are you trying to get away from or maybe associate with what people learned from the movie? 
<laughs> I don't know, it may be a good thing. It may be a bad thing. It may be both at the same time. So I, 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 yeah, I would imagine we, a lot of people. I don't know that we wanted to go necessarily with the stigma. We wanted people to make the best of it. We wanted everybody, if there, we had one team that kind of, I think they followed the stigma of the movie, and but not all the teams did, and it kind of made for an interesting, you know, each week interesting play between the teams, the teams that had the strategy, the teams that didn't, um, like, and they came up with different names, like we had the Dodgesaurs, um, oh. we had one team that kind of played off of a mafia mob, I mean, it was just Everybody kind of did their own. Okay, so I was going to ask: Is it you know? Is um, it like there is there a team of like uh, people dressed like uh, Norse uh, who are coming in and, and they're playing a, a guys that look like a bunch of DJs and things like that? So they're having yeah, a lot no, of fun with most, it. Everybody, they mostly dressed in you know normal athletic shorts, shirt, leggings kind of thing, um, but they would have their T-shirts would be designed based on their team's theme, whatever it might have been. Um, so do you so, do you break up the competition in any kind of uh, uh, talent levels or age groups or anything like that? No, not yet. Um, this is only our second season. Mm-hmm. We just started the spring of 2017, so um, we're still growing. Um, and this this will you know like, with this just being the second season, we hope to grow eventually to where um, we can be like other dodgeball associations where they have league night and then they may have a different night or within the same night open play where just anybody can play whereas the league has more stringent rules and it's it's more like the movie stigma if you will (laughs) right versus the recess play we're kind of in in between the two that's okay that's okay totally i mean hey that's what works uh, so are there any leagues that you kind of modeled yourself after, or are there other leagues in Mississippi? Is there a bigger association that, that you associate with or anything like that? We didn't come across any others in Mississippi. That doesn't mean they don't exist. We just didn't come across them. Um, we did model or try to model after the New Orleans Dodgeball Association. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they call themselves NOTA. We looked at how they played, how they had their leagues and everything set up, and then we simplified it and made it a little easier since it was our first time and we weren't to the level that they are. I mean, they have one night a week where it's open play, one night where it's leagues. They travel around the state and the country. Um, we're, we're, our league isn't there yet. We're, we're, I call us the baby league. Um, but, <laughs> but the New Orleans guys are, are very helpful and you know they're willing to help and do phone conferences and stuff to help us when we have questions about, hey, how do you handle XYZ situation? Um, but currently we're, we're more of just for fun, come out, have a good time. All right. So if a team wants to join the league, how do they do so? They can go to VicksburgDodgeball.Weebly.com or you can email us at VicksburgDodgeball at gmail.com mm-hmm. or simply just give me a call at 601-218-6564. All right. Absolutely. We'll have this on the... On the uh, the website and our uh, our post with this on our website mpbonline.org, right. and uh, it'll go along with our uh, podcast as well. So, uh, folks who are listening and can't uh, remember or didn't have an opportunity to jot that down, maybe they were driving. You can go to our website and find that information there. So, I mean, what what ultimately is the goal? Or are you just kind of playing it as it goes? Um, the ultimate goal is really just to bring people together to have a good time, something other than 
your normal outlet, you know, whether you hang out just at a friend's house or you go to the bars or whatever, this is just another option. Um, we play at Hawkins United Methodist Church here in Vicksburg, just in their gym, but it's we're at the church, but it's not a church thing, if you will. Um, it's open, and we just want people to be able to come together, network, socialize, and just have a good time. Very cool. Aaron. thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks for bringing some attention to the dodgeball. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to come watch. Absolutely. Oh, uh, please do. We're, it starts Tuesdays in October. Um, our first game will be October the 3rd. We'd love to have you. Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot, Aaron. I appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. You too. Aaron Southard, one of the organizers of the Vicksburg Dodgeball Association. Very cool. Um, when we come back from our first break, we'll speak with John David Thomas from Central Mississippi Drone Racers about the hobby that has become a sport. And Liz has been updating me like over the weeks. And, and even I think maybe even before she became the producer of Season Pass, she she told me about this phenomenon. And um, the money that goes into it, the technology involved, it's very, very interesting. And now it's like it's becoming one of these breakout sports that uh, ESPN even televises national events and things like that. It's a big, big deal. We'll talk with John David Thomas from Central Mississippi Drone Racers when we come back from our first time out. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. John David Thomas is our next guest with Central Mississippi Drone Racers. We'll speak with him in just a moment. We'd love you to subscribe to our podcast when you go to mpbonline.org forward slash season pass. There's a purple button there that says subscribe. If you click it, it'll get you started having season pass at your fingertips whenever you like. Also at that page, you can listen to some audio on demand. So there's a a post we have for each show that we do that we put up there. And if podcasting is not your thing necessarily, you should probably check that out. Uh, it's kind of neat. But uh, also, if you just you know like to uh, go around and mess around with audio on the Internet during the day, which is also a thing that I do because I'm a dork, you can also do that at our website, mpbonline.org. Because sometimes folks don't like people sending stuff magically up into their phone without them knowing about it. And I totally understand. So anyway, all right, John David Thomas in the studio with us from Central Mississippi Drone Racers. Good morning, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, man. I, I really do appreciate it. How long have you been involved with drone racing? Uh, drone racing, just probably a year and a half, not mm -hmm. quite two years yet. I uh, started early last year and trying to get it going ever since. So were you, um, were you involved in drones, I assume, before that? Yeah. Or did, used, was it all at the same time? I built my own. I started doing that. Mm -hmm. And then as they, they came further and the technology got better and the actual built circuit boards and flight controllers came about for them, uh, I started doing that more and more. 
So how did you how did you get involved in the racing? How did you go from being like a drone owner and enthusiast to all of a sudden now we're getting into competition and racing? Uh, I guess kind of where everybody starts. It started on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Sharpoo out of California, and he's they kind of call him the godfather of FPV drones. And he uh, I watched all of his videos and just it kind of got me interested. And then I built my own from there. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, so describe a drone racing event for us. Uh, each race is about two minutes. Everybody starts at a starting line, and then you go. There's gates that are 5 to 10 feet wide, and you have to go through there, and there's elevation changes, and it's a real fast, fast-paced race, very so, precise. And it's like, so it's like first-person video? Is it that is. It? Yeah, you wear a set of video goggles, or you can wear, watch a, a TV monitor if you'd like, just depending on your per, your preference. Yeah. And you got to wear those to race, and there's a small camera on the drone itself, and that's how you pilot it. Wow. That's a deal changer because, because you know, when I when I when you watch it sometimes, I, I guess, or when you first think about it, I, I think of myself just being a goofball standing at the side of the track watching my drone, and that's so that's not it at all. You're actually, it's basically like you're locked in with yeah, the thing. You are the pilot, and we actually have a, a ground station that's got just a 27 inch TV at the moment for spectators to watch. Yeah, so they can actually see the Whoa, same thing yeah. we're seeing. Okay, so how much of a thrill ride is that? When you're in the pilot seat and you're the one flying, it's it's a it's amazing. It's you're going fast. It's sixty, eighty miles an hour, and you're going wow. through a five foot gap. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. So, and that's interesting because you talk about elevation changes and things like that. Wow, that's amazing. How popular do you think the, the sport is in Mississippi? How's it how's it coming along? It's slowly growing. There's a uh, chapter down in Hattiesburg. They're just getting started. They race on Mondays in an indoor place with small drones. There's a group of guys that are actually out of Memphis and South Haven. They uh, they kind of mentored us and they got us going. Very uh, cool. So I mean, how does uh, when you have a league? Kind of how do you, if if I may ask, I don't know. This might be you know minutia here, but how do you go about setting that up? I mean, do you do you have enough people that come in, or do you have to like recruit? Do you try to market the league to to folks who are out there but don't know about you? How do you go about yeah, doing you gotta, that? Yeah, you got to advertise. You got to put yourself out there and let people know that hey, we're having a race. You know, give them enough time to to get all for it. Um, and like the Memphis guys have traveled up. We've had Hattiesburg, and I've traveled to Memphis, New Orleans, yeah, and I participated in races. That's pretty cool. So is there a big difference? I mean, Memphis and New Orleans are you know significantly larger places. So I mean, what's the how how much has the sport, uh, I guess, how has it grown in those places? Oh, it's huge in, in Louisiana. They have one of the largest uh, groups of, of pilots in, in the country. Wow, yeah. So that's cool to have those guys close by to kind oh, of yeah, draw up their experience. There's some fast guys down there. All right, so you, you said there's some fast guys. So uh, my, um, I guess, the the racing that I've watched in my life makes me want to ask you, how stock are the drones, or is there anything to that at all? Is it basically, are you as bad as you can build your drone to be, or is there kind of like a, is there a base platform where you try to have to find, you know, every little bit that you could shave off to make yourself faster? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's pretty whatever you can build and buy. They also have a spec class they're trying to get going just to, you know, so it's yeah. not as intimidating for people getting started. Right. Uh, but Very I cool. Mean, yeah. Usually it's on the open ones, it's try to get as light and fast as possible. All right, so is it right now at this point? Is it is it for the glory of being the champion, or are there prizes? How's that for uh, uh, the it, winners? It depends on the size of the race. Mm -hmm. uh, there's 
normally we have club races and then after that you'll have qualifiers and then there's the regional finals they'd held hold once a year for each uh each section yeah and then actually nationals is going on this weekend in reno wow okay reno that's a long way away yeah it but actually worth started it yesterday. if you make it yeah all right so backing up from racing if somebody wants to get into uh drones how do they how do they go about doing that because there's a lot of different price ranges that you could enter into droning what's and, and I, I guess I'm sort of asking this for my own personal interest. All right. So, like, if what's a dollar amount that you baseline need to spend to get into droning, doing it right? If you want to do video, I think you can get in. With, with FPV, you can get in for as little as $200. Mm-hmm. And then you can go up from there. Okay. So as little as 200 you can be you can have something that's decent. Yeah, it'll get you, like, a small 3-inch drone and get it with a TV screen and radio, and uh, you can start learning fly with that gotcha now racing different here so how i mean what what are guys getting into the you know they're baseline? probably probably spending close to a thousand dollars because you got a three four hundred dollar race drone you know hundred dollars to five hundred for a radio and then your goggles is where you'll spend some money too is four or five hundred dollars if right, you want to get yeah. the, the higher end set or you can get a two hundred dollar set so do you guys uh the the are there collisions like in in real racing and Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. how much how much in repair do you have to worry about or you know repairs usually aren't that bad i mean unless you just hit something really hard yeah. like a concrete pillar or something most of the time it's just a uh propellers and they're pretty cheap the the frame is four or five millimeter carbon fiber yeah. so they're they're pretty stout gotcha what's the thrill of it for you what's the thing you seek the most when you're racing what gives you the most joy it's just the the, the speed and precision of it i like racing i like going fast yeah Absolutely. Wow, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> but, but that was legitimate. Okay, so somebody wants to get involved in the sport, involved in uh, in your organization, Central Mississippi Drone Racers. How do they do so? Uh, the best place to get a hold of us is on Facebook, mm-hmm. or you can find me. Like, I'm sometimes I work at Hobbytown part time, and that's kind of yeah. helps me out. I get to spread the word to customers that come in. Uh, so, either place. All right, very cool. On Facebook, we'll have that on our uh, the, the show page for this episode. And, uh, uh, where you'll find our podcast as well. John David Thomas, Central Mississippi Drone Racers. We appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll speak with Craig Lowe from the Greater Jackson Darts Association about the continued popular- popularity of dart competitions, and we'll have you some events coming up in Mississippi sports-wise this weekend. There's a big football game in Starkville that some people know about. Uh, and other stuff going on as well. Take a break. We'll be back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. The haves and the have-nots see an even starker divide in Florida after Hurricane Irma. Naples usually gets everything first, and then I guess we get the hand-me-downs from them. 
I'm Kelly McEvers. Also, President Trump's first visit to the state after the storm this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Craig Lowe, Greater Jackson Darts Association, in the studio with us this morning. Craig, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, coming into the studio to be live with us. Most everybody recognizes a dartboard um, and and maybe like has a natural way that they throw that's yeah. probably terrible. The technique is awful, like mine. <laughs> I, I kind of I like come Kent to Colvey or yeah. Dennis Eckersley. Yeah, at, do a little sidearm action. There, yeah, huh? that's the only way I can be any, any any way decent to it. But how <laughs> how is this is a very open ended question right here? But how's the game of darts played? Uh, we have several different games. Uh, the real popular one would be like five hundred one or three hundred one, where you start out with that number and you just tally up the points Mm -hmm. and then when you get to an out you have to double out you got the rings on the outside and that's a double Mm -hmm. and then the rings on the inner parts a triple so it's like three times 20 two times 20 but uh, wow okay we have that version and then we also play a game called cricket and uh that's my personal favorite but you have like the numbers 15 16 17 18 19 20 and a bull if you and the first one to hit all three you know wins and you have points and all that also so it's got a little strategy involved too but yeah but that's where that triple ring really helps you out because if you throw one dart and it hits in that triple ring and that's three three of them gone you know so so it's uh it's pretty fun pretty fun so like i the the world championships come on television Mm -hmm. every year and these guys i mean it's i mean they make it look like they're just writing on a piece of paper how they hit these targets they're phenomenal I mean, how difficult is this sport to master? It it is difficult to. I think it's mainly the consistency is the most difficult part uh, when it comes to darts. Um, but you know, to have the concentration and just to be really just point on. But uh, we try. Everybody tries, of course, to be like those guys. But man, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't ever see it happening for me personally. But right. we do. We have we have uh, people on in our league that are you know they're really talented. Uh, they play regional tournaments and uh, things like that. So you know, it's a uh, it's growing. It's a growing sport. It's been around a while. The Greater Jackson Darts Association. Uh, what's the competition like there? Oh, it's 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 all even pretty much. We don't divide in divisions or anything like that. It's all pretty much you know even. Everybody's got teams. Uh, we have six teams currently right now mm-hmm. and. And we're growing, like I said, we've been around for a long time, and uh, we're just growing as much as we can, and uh, getting a lot of it's getting back into the swing of things. But it's basically more of a good time than it is, you know. The competition, of course, is great, but you know that's that one day a week where you don't think about work, you don't think about bills, and yeah, you, you, you don't think about anything. Everything. You're just getting around a bunch of people that love to have fun, and, yeah. and you're throwing steel darts at a board. <laughs> <laughs> You say steel. Okay. Yeah, well, they have soft tips, and those those things are the ones like you have the boards that 
keep the score for you. Uh, we're we're steel tips, so you yeah. keep your own score on a chalkboard and all. It's a little math involved, but not too bad, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I may have bought a couple of dart boards in my day, mm-hmm. and there's always those uh, that have the holes. Mm-hmm. That's the, the soft plastic tip. ones with the holes. Right. I mean, how did those? It never goes. It, it never sticks. Right, I, I know, and that's use that. I don't know, and that's the thing. Some people really like them, you know, and and the boards are getting better. Uh-huh. But uh, like if I hit something I want to hit, and if it bounces out, then I ain't got. I'm still. You right. know, I like if I hit something with a steel tip, and and it hits where I want, I'm throwing right on top of that dart that right. I just threw, you know. But I mean, uh, that's why we like the steel tips, you know, and and it's just you know traditional. Uh, How's the has the game changed though? Has the technology changed over the years? It's changed a little bit. Like now, you've got these, uh, like where you throw from the line that you throw from. Now mm-hmm. they've got these lasers that they mount to the wall that actually project the line where it's supposed to be. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, they also have uh, boards of what they're they're coming out with all this technology where you got the scoreboard on the side or whatever, where yeah. it's like a touch screen, like an iPhone and stuff like that. So, so the laser is that? Uh, do some people consider that like an artificial? Uh, help her uh, or anything like that? I is guess. That, I, I don't know. Controversy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds awful, awful alarm, you know, if you cross it. No, it's just, yeah. uh, but no, it, it's just something convenient, you know, but I don't know. It, it's pretty cool. We just find, we just installed one over at Howlin' Mouse. And, uh, okay, It's over cool. there. And, uh, and so, I don't know. It's something we're just trying, yeah. you know. But that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It would help me out, I know for sure. <laughs> well, the, the the construction of a team is it just mm-hmm. uh, you know you and, and uh, the folks you like to have a good time with, or yeah. is there something? Is there strategy into building a team and how you set it up? I it can be, but in most parts it's just all about your chemistry. You know, mm-hmm. people that you get along with. But I mean, I've I've thrown with teams that I didn't nobody know nobody at all. That's how I got started. I only knew one guy, and I was on that team. But uh, you know you. You build chemistry up pretty quick. Uh, the teams have to be at least four people yeah. to a team because we play singles, and then you also have to play doubles. You know, like you'll have two, you know, you and a partner. Right, so explain the difference for that first. The singles right. is like if you're playing 501 singles, it would be like me against whoever on yeah. the other team. And then we have a 501 where we play doubles. So that's you and a partner on your team playing against the other team and the you know, mm-hmm. two partners on that. So you have like – you know, doubles like that, where you take turns, obviously. And then uh, at the end, we have a thing we call the team game. And that's where everybody on your team throws against the other team. So you just take turns and, you know, play like 801 instead of like 501. So that that way everybody gets a turn or, you yeah. know, a couple of turns at least. So Do, uh, do you uh, participate in any kind of like regionals or nationals or anything like that? Or uh, I don't personally. Mm-hmm. But that's because I've got like uh, six granddaughters. and <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> You got other things to worry about. Yeah, I got some stuff to worry about. But uh, we do have uh, tournaments that they they throw regionals at the coast a lot, in New Orleans, uh, places like that. And we do we have people out of the league that go and participate in those, and uh, they really are a good time from what I've heard. You know, so yeah. And it's you know it's really nothing to uh, you know joining. All right, so if uh, folks want to join the the Greater Jackson Darts Association, or if they want to come out to an event, mm-hmm. where are some places that uh, we, uh, you guys you mentioned, Howland Mouse, right. and uh, and, uh, we, and near downtown Jackson, right? And, we got a we got another place uh, out of downtown Jackson. It's called One Block East, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's a nice place. And we also throw out of This Is It in South Jackson, mm-hmm. 
And then we have Hot Shots and Bar. Right, every time I pass that, because that's yeah, I am that's from South Jackson. Me too, brother. I mean, every time I drive past that place, I go, there it is. Yeah, there it is. I just <laughs> had to say that to myself out loud. This is it. But there, it's still there. there. You are. Yeah, there you right? are. <laughs> But we play out of Hot Shots also, and then uh, there's a place in Ridgeland on 51 called the Pub. Uh, mm-hmm. We throw out of that, and uh, we're we're hoping to you know finally you know branch you know branch out to possibly Flowood places like that. We're just trying to you know get out there a little bit better, you know, mm-hmm. reach out to some folks from uh, Brandon. But uh, our league is starting actually this Tuesday coming up. Okay. And, uh, but we throw we throw weekend tournaments also like on Friday nights, and it's open to anybody yeah. that wants to come in, you know, and you just pay like your five dollars or whatever we have, and and we do a blind draw, so everybody picks a card, and whoever has the same card, that's you and a partner against, yeah. and it, 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 that's fun, you know, you get everybody together to do that, so mm-hmm. we we do that type deal, so that's so you don't have to be a member of the league to do anything like that, but it's open to everybody whoever's interested in doing that. Hey, what about the Greater Jackson Darts Association? How can folks? Uh I think the easiest thing would be the Facebook. We do have a Greater Jackson Dar Association Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, and and it'll have on there call now, and that's going to be my number, mm-hmm. uh, which is 601-405-3321. Mm-hmm. Uh, call me anytime. Uh, I'd be glad to talk to anybody out there that's interested in playing. Uh, we'll start another league, and it'll probably be in January when we'll start the next league. And we're open to anybody that wants to play or if there's any – establishments out there that want to hang some boards and yeah. have a league i mean it's tuesday night you know it's kind of a dead night but you know tuesday you, night yeah it's a night you need to find something find to, something to get to you do. over get yeah. you over the hump yeah that's right <laughs> that's right man <laughs> all right so folks who walk in and, and who are brand new and who mm-hmm. are beginners how long does it take them typically or does it just depend it, uh, yeah. how long does it take them to kind of you know get their footing and mm-hmm. realize I'd what say, they're doing and how they like right. need to adjust their form or anything like that. Right. It, it's really just, you know, just a lot of practice, you know, Yeah. basically. But, I mean, you, you can get the basics of it down probably less than a week, you know. Just set your dartboard at your house and just get out there and, and sling them, you know. Yeah. And, you know, after a while, you just get used to what you like. Everybody has a different little quirky thing they do when they get up the line. I'm serious. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, yeah. everybody has their own little thing. Like free throw shooters. And yeah, it's just like a like free that. throw shoot, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. My, my wife has a little bounce step she does. I don't know what before okay. she throws. So yeah. It's, it's a little bounce step, and then she <laughs> gives, it a, gives it a good chunk, but... It works for her. If I do a bounce step, I don't know where the thing's going, you know. <laughs> That's probably how I'd be all the time anyway. <laughs> I think – I just remember this. I think I blame – uh, my pitching form and darts on the old baseball field yeah. dart boards that they oh, yeah. that they still make those. I'm sure they do somehow, somewhere. Do. You can probably yeah. get it on Amazon or something. But <laughs> uh, one of my parents' friends that they used to go visit all the time had one of those, and they yeah. just sent me outside with darts and that thing. And <laughs> hours later, they came back to retrieve me. <laughs> and I'm emulating all my pitching heroes yes. from – Nolan, Nolan yeah. Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. and see how fast you can stab that's it. it. And I, I figured at some point that the, the guys that throw sidearm, that's the that's the only way I could really accomplish anything. <laughs> accomplish anything. So I just sure. went with it. There you go, Craig Lowe from the Greater Jackson Darts Association. Thank you so much for your time this man, morning. Man, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming in. All right, all right. We'll take our last break here. When we come back, we'll talk about what's going on in sports this weekend across the state of Mississippi. With Liz Gill, I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Uh, all right, so things going on this weekend in the state of Mississippi. There's a big, 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 big football game. Mississippi State hosts LSU, Louisiana State University, 6 p.m. kickoff in Starkville Saturday. Mississippi State and LSU are both 2-0, and and they've both looked extremely good so far in their two wins. It's a watermark game for Mississippi State. And, um, you know, the, there was not much expectation placed upon them in the preseason by media and uh, pundits and alike. And uh, they've gone out and looked pretty good. A little bit of a rocky start against Louisiana Tech, one of the funkiest games I've ever seen. A third and 93, a punt on fourth and goal, a block punt for a touchdown, a, a big 90-something yard scoop and score by a defensive lineman. There was a lot of weird things that happened in that game. But Mississippi State came out with a big win, and that was what was most important for them. So Mississippi State and LSU, I think LSU was about a seven-point favorite. And uh, I don't know. I don't expect a whole lot of points to be scored. The defenses should dominate. They're both in the top three in the SEC in total defense. In fact, I think State is – Number one in pass defense in the league, and I think LSU is number one in rush defense in the league. Take it with a grain of salt uh, because they've both played who they have their first two games, which is not great. Uh, LSU played UT Chattanooga last week. Mississippi State played Charleston Southern two weeks ago. So, uh, But it's still going to be a lot of fun and a big game. Should be a good time for State fans. Ole Miss, uh, boy, the, uh, the, the, double, the double espresso special. Uh, traveling to Berkeley, California to take on the Cal Golden Bears. That's a 9.40 kick local time. Now, what is double espresso special, please? I don't, I don't even know what – I may be saying that totally wrong, but, uh, you know, it's one of the you – know, espresso is that stuff that – Jolt, oh, okay. Well, I, I, I thought this was like new, like like uh, land shark or something. No, 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 okay. Not, okay. <laughs> nothing like that. It may be. It may have to be after uh, Ole Miss fans uh, try to stay awake for this game. But if you uh, binge on football all day, you're going to have to find a a nap space in there somewhere to refresh yourself for Ole Miss and Cal, which starts at nine thirty, nine forty, something like that, out in Berkeley, California. So uh, Ole Miss is 2-0 and as well, and uh, Cal scores a lot of points. Traditionally, Ole Miss has scored a lot of points this year. Uh, Shea Patterson, their quarterback, has thrown for over 900 yards already in their two games. Uh, so that should be a high-scoring game. From an aesthetic little... point of view, I mm-hmm. hope Ole Miss doesn't wear their baby blue. I don't think they will. They typically don't wear that on the road. So, um, I think they're saving that for Arkansas. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. And it'll be they'll probably wear white out there, I'm guessing. Uh, and Cal will probably wear their navy blue, which is their home getup. Southern Miss traveling to Monroe, Louisiana, to take on the University of Louisiana Monroe. That's a, a bit of a different game for them. It's a road trip they don't typically make. You don't see a lot of bigger schools in, uh, in Monroe very often. But this is what we have now with uh, guarantee games costing as much as they do. What guarantee games are are when a bigger school basically pays 
a much lesser school in stature to come to the stadium to catch a whooping. Uh, and the lesser school knows it, and uh, they know you're buying a win, basically, and buying uh, to look good in front of your fans. And so um, there's value in that. The lesser school knows it, and they make the bigger school pay for it. Uh, in the biggest levels, in, in, in the high college football levels where Ole Miss and State play, SEC, stuff like that, these guarantee games can get up around a million dollars sometimes, which is a big deal for a smaller school's athletic department. That could tote the, 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 the mail for a lot of different sports and things like that. Did but, Arkansas State get to keep their money from Florida from or I, from Miami? From what I understand, there is an insurance. There's kind of an insurance policy built into all of those contracts. Uh, and so I think Arkansas State gets that, which the university, I think, is covered or its athletics department is covered to a certain extent. But it, it still wouldn't help what, you know, that community. I mean, that was that was going to be a big deal in Jonesboro, mm-hmm. Arkansas, where they were and, and on the campus. There's going to be a big economic uh, impact on the city and the campus of Arkansas State University. Still hate that, that happened. But Southern Miss is going to be in Monroe to take on Louisiana Monroe Saturday. What's their mascot now? They're the Warhawks. The Warhawks. Former, formerly the Indians. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, were formerly Northeast Louisiana right. University. And name change there. Jackson State travels to Grambling. Uh, their coach, Tony Hughes, uh, came out guns a-blazing in his Monday morning press conference, uh, very aggressively speaking toward his critics. And I don't necessarily understand what critics they can have. They played TCU, which is a Big 12 conference team, in their first game. If you had any expectations for Jackson State to do anything in that game, you had too much expectation on it. The band did well. They absolutely did. And then uh, in their second game, they played Tennessee State, who beat an FBS opponent in their first week on the road in their opponent's opening game in their stadium. That's a big accomplishment. So JSU played uh, played those guys at Memphis and had a field goal attempt on the last play of the game to win. And they lost 17-15. They missed the kick. And that was after kind of a Bush League chop block call backed them up. Uh, So, I mean... I mean, they're 0-2, yes, that doesn't look good, yes, but they almost won last week against a team that was considered you know, significantly better than them. Grambling is a big deal, and they go over to, uh, to Grambling this weekend. That'll be a lot of fun, uh, I guess, for JSU fans. Delta State hosts West Georgia 2 o'clock. That's in Cleveland on uh, Saturday. Alcorn hosts McNeese State 6 p.m. Saturday. Valley has, has a very much earned week off after being splattered by North Dakota State uh, and then uh, Southern Illinois this past week. Alcorn very nearly beat Florida International, which is a Division I uh, FBS school. Uh, they're in suburban Miami, and so with the hurricane last week, they moved that game to Birmingham and played it at Legion Field Friday night. And uh, Alcorn hit a 49-yard field goal, second longest in the school's history, the program's history, to tie it at 10 with about four minutes to go. So they were that close. And uh, Florida National scored a touchdown to go ahead 17-10 late in the fourth, and Alcorn was driving, but they kind of ran out of time at the end. But they, it was a very, very good effort for them and their, showed themselves their, very well. Their bus had an accident on the way to the game. I did not know that. They uh, got swerved off the off the road in Vicksburg. They just hadn't even you know gotten away, and uh, <laughs> the, 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 the bus had a little bit of an accident there on uh, 20. Jeez, that's terrible. Everybody was okay. Vicksburg is hilly. There's not a there's not a whole lot of interstate you can swerve off of in yeah, Vicksburg. That's right. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's probably a, probably a dangerous situation for them. So, uh, all right. So Liz, who are you a fan of? You have Arkansas and, and Texas I, ties. I correct? have a dog in every fight. <laughs> we at my house, we have somebody. We try to have somebody for everyone in my family. Uh, we are Razorbacks, Longhorns, Horned Frogs, Horned Air Frogs. Force Falcons, oh. uh, Colorado State. What? Uh, we've got Baylor Bears, Ole Miss. How did, wait, wait, how's all, no, you're not connected to all of that. Well, my, my siblings, house. well, in, 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 not in, well, actually, you should see our wall. We have a pennant <laughs> from every place we are affiliated with. Okay. And, uh. Uh, we we like to we like to claim uh, natives of of tons of different schools, but uh, Texas and Arkansas are our our big ones that we follow. Arkansas folks are upset because they're zero and two, and I think they have Texas and no, I can't I can't remember who they play this weekend. Texas and M is coming up, I think, or maybe that is this weekend. I don't know. They're zero and two. It's not been a fun start for them so far. Brett Bielema. But he has a new baby. He does. And uh, he spoke of his wife uh, going through natural childbirth as a la carte. I don't think that meant what he thought it meant. But I don't think Razorbacks play this week. They play uh, A&M on the 23rd. Okay. Well, good for them. They've earned a week off as well. Big, big high school games going on this week in Mississippi. Uh, number two, uh, Pearl Pirates in the state. These are Mississippi Gridiron rankings mississippigridiron.com number two pearl pirates four and oh traveled to madison to take on madison central who's fifth in the state three and oh these are in my opinion two of uh at least the best three defenses they may be the best two defenses in the state and that's with uh, put, uh apologies to uh, west point um four and oh pearl three and oh madison central that's going to be a big game between two of the top five teams in the country uh, state, excuse me, not the country. I think Pearl is 25th in the Super 25 poll. Meridian is at Starkville. That is a big game uh, between two uh, stalwarts in the state. Meridian kind of sideways to start the season, one and two. Starkville is number six in the state. They're three and one to start the season. They're only lost to Tupelo, who has looked really, really good so far. Uh, no, it wasn't. Who did Starkville lose to? I can't remember now. Maybe I messed that up. Uh, West Point is 3-0. They're the number one team in the state. They've looked amazing. They take on Knoxville County, who's 2-2. Two and two. They're ranked number four out of the 4A schools. Uh, and so uh, this one's going to be in Macon. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a tall task for Knoxville County. They're good for playing teams up in competition. And uh, this is certainly one of those games, a 4A taking on a 5A. Uh, but this is going to be a tall, tall task for Knoxabee County, and it's another opportunity for West Point to get a, another kind of watermark win uh, for their uh, their case as the best team in the state in 2017. I did not have them preseason number one. I had Pearl preseason number one, and uh, I kind of have this hard and fast rule that if you're number one and you hadn't lost and you didn't lose, you can't move out of number one, and I kind of bucked that trend to put West Point number one because they've been that good this year. Not that Pearl has been bad or anything like that, uh, but West Point's just been amazing. Some other big games in the, in the capital city, it's Callaway and Provine. Uh, Callaway was an early season um, uh, potential contender for the 5A crown. Provine is off to a 4-0 start. Uh, it's a good start for them. They've had a, a bumpy ride the last couple of years, and so that's kind of for the king of uh, the Jackson School's crown. 
uh, those two teams, uh, I think easily the best of the Jackson schools. How about this? Natchez. Uh, Natchez is off to a big start this year. The Bulldogs are 3-0. and They beat a bunch of teams up. Uh, they keep a lot of rivalries there in the southwest corner of the state. And uh, they're off to a 3-0 and start. They're playing Jefferson Davis Central, who is, um, you know, that's the the brand-new football team. That's the merger of Bassfield and um, Prentice. And they've been really, really good so far, including uh, uh, whooping up on Wayne County a couple of weeks ago. But they ran into a wall in East Central, who's been really, really good so far this year. So Natchez at Jefferson Davis Central, that'll be a good matchup. And then you've got a brand-new power in the Delta versus an older power in the Delta, Cleveland Central. The Wildcats. They, yeah, the, the, uh, the merger of Cleveland High and East Side High. They are in 5A. They are 4-0, and and they've just been blitzing through competition. They visit Clarksdale, who is, of course, one of the uh, – one of the longtime Mississippi high school football powers. And uh, Clarksdale this season has dropped down to a 4A classification. And that's an interesting matchup. Clarksdale still keeps a really difficult schedule. as uh, They still keep a, a really high level of expectation for that program. And that's why their record looks a little wonky at 1-3. and three. But that's going to be a fun game. And, a, and a, a really cool new rivalry, I hope, that they keep going. Cleveland Central at Clarksdale. Uh, Green County and Long Beach, a couple undefeateds there. Uh, Green County is uh, number 10 in 4A, 4-0. Long Beach is 3-0. They've started off the season really well. That's a good matchup there. Jay, I haven't heard you say the name Panola. Well, I mean, that's I'm I'm trying to go through the 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 most interesting matchups. Panolas, I mean, they've been on. Are they not the the be all end all anymore? I would not give them end all be all uh, status. All right. At this point. Uh, they beat Clinton, who was the defending champions, uh, to start the season, uh, 24-23. They went to Brandon and got beat around pretty good in that game, lost by 31. And since then, they, they beat Greenville by two, which is not not a whole lot there. And then they beat Clarksdale by five, uh, two fairly low-scoring games for high school games, 22-20 and 19-14. So uh, they play Memphis University School this week, MUS. That's probably going to be a difficult matchup for them, though that is a rivalry that they've kept for a handful of years now, and they've had some success in that series. MUS is a a good football school uh, out of Tennessee, so that's their last uh, pre-region game before they go into a region play right there. Um, I did mention Green County and Long Beach. Both are undefeated. Hazelhurst, who is 3-1 and and always like a preeminent 3A favorite, is taking on East Central, who we just mentioned is having a great season. Uh, to start the year, that'll be a fun game. And then um, maybe the most intriguing matchup for me, Pontotoc, who is 4-0, is facing Oxford in Oxford, who's 3-1. and Pontotoc is a 4A. Oxford has just moved up to 6A this year. And so, uh, uh, you know, you got a size advantage for Oxford, at least in terms of enrollment and students and stuff like that. But Pontotoc has been very good the last couple of years in football. And they have uh, just... Uh, uh, I guess waltzed through their opponents to their first four games, and um, that's that should be a fun game in Oxford. It might be my upset special. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to go out on that limb or not. But uh, Pearl and, and Madison Central probably won't see too good as defenses as theirs on the field at the same time this year. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Liz, thank you for uh, your work today. We'll be back next Thursday for season pass on things. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.